1: 630 Chad inside sports with Reed Wilkins weekdays at six
2: on 630 Chad. Cody CC has scored shorthanded. The Maple Leafs lead Columbus one nothing early in the second period. Golden Knights lead the Blues 5-4 with six minutes left in the third period. The shots in that game 37-13 for the Golden Knights. 37-13 for the Golden Knights, but they lead 5-4. Flames and Jets coming up at 8.30. Flames will try to win the series. The Canucks are up two games to one on the Wild after a 3-0 win, and the Flyers win a round-robin game against the Capitals 3-1. Blue Jays trailing Atlanta 3-2 in the seventh. Golf, the PGA Championship underway. Jason Day, your leader, at 5-under par. The Canadian Junior Football League season has been canceled, so no season for the Edmonton Huskies and the uh, Edmonton Wildcats. And the Western Hockey League hoping that they will be able to get going in uh, December. The adjusted start date for the Western Hockey League, and of course this includes uh, the Oil Kings, the Red Deer Rebels, December 4th, Friday, December 4th. Also news today about the U of A Golden Bears and Pandas hockey teams. And to discuss that, the head coach of the Bears, it is Ian Herbers. Ian, welcome back to the show. How have you been? Good, Reed. Thank you. It's good to talk to you. We've uh, spoken a couple times during the pandemic here, and uh, there was a lot of uncertainty about the season, and the U of A had uh, decided a few weeks ago that they weren't going to play in any sports. But now, uh, assuming there can be a season, the Golden Bears and Pandas hockey teams will be reinstated to Canada West for this year. Can you tell us how this happened to you?
1: Uh, well, obviously, as you said, it's still a chance that it might not happen with COVID and everything else going on. Uh, but it's nice to be in the fight still and have the opportunity to play if things work out in January. Um, we obviously we have some very strong alumni and supporters of our program. Uh, they started a conversation w- w- with people at the U of A, and the process just seemed to move forward. Run now or alumni and our supporters are committed to paying for our travel for this upcoming season uh, and it gives us the opportunity to play
2: all right so now i understand it though the situation is there still has to be a decision made by canada west about the future of the season
1: that was done today they've okayed it we're back in we've been reinstated and sorry about about, about except for covid
2: about about the season as a whole is there still an october deadline that we have to worry about
1: Yeah, they'll make a decision on the second half of the season, October 8th, whether it will be going or not going, or if they need a little bit more time. But right now, the date is set for October 8th.
2: Okay, so uh, now if you guys start in January, and the, the Pandas obviously too, how many games, regular season games, would you play?
1: Well, that's one of the reasons we're reinstated. They haven't made the schedule yet, so I'm sure there's going to be still a lot of discussion here. Ideally, with the nine teams in the league, we like to play everybody at least once. You're not going to have balance of home and away, uh, but if we get an opportunity to play everybody once and have the one by, it's there's nine weekends right there, so it pushes things tight. Playoffs would have to be shortened, I'm assuming, and if there is a national, that would have to be pushed back, I, I believe. Uh, so there's a lot of different things they need to look at here and try and finalize that schedule.
2: Okay, so we'll, we'll wait for that. Well, th- this is positive news. Tell me how it's been for your uh, for you and your players this summer. And obviously we're getting to the point here where you, you guys would have been convening for school and exhibition games and tournaments pretty soon.
1: Yeah, no, obviously when the news hit, our guys were uh, very disappointed, I guess I'll say. Um you know, they took it hard. They want to play. They want to be on the ice. They want to be competing, uh, especially tough for our fifth-year guys that are trying to earn opportunities to play professionally somewhere. Um, but obviously, good, some good conversations. Uh, they still want to play, but uh, understood we could still have a very good year of development. But now with us playing games, I talked to the guys Friday afternoon. Uh, there was a possibility that this was going to happen. There was still a couple hurdles to be cleared. Uh, Our guys kept it confidential, but I thought they needed to know before the long weekend. And while we were on our online conference call, there was a lot of big smiles on our players' faces. And they're extremely happy and pleased just being able to have that opportunity to compete and play.
2: Now, what is, I know we talked about this the last time you were on, so let me just see if there's anything changed here. You can update your fans. What is the plan for the first semester?
1: uh we'll start september 1st which is usually a week later for us we'll get on the ice the first month um will be a lot of development personal development uh mental training off ice on ice and we'll just do a lot of skill we won't get into any kind of systems and anything of, of that sort uh start working those in in october november start having some exhibition games november uh, December and getting ready for the season. Now with the, the shortened schedule like that, uh, as you know, Reed, our every game is like a playoff game. And now even being a shorter season, they'll put that much more importance. Uh, first semester, the guys will all be online still for their academics. There's one or two classes that are actually in class that are lab or special classes that they couldn't do online. Uh, but for the most part, our guys will be online, but they'll be at the U of A. They'll be skating seven thirty in the morning for practices, working out, and getting prepared for the second half.
2: All right. So that well, so that's good. So there will be uh, games to follow. I guess we don't. I, I suppose we don't know if you have fans though for those games in in the first semester, the exhibition games.
1: Yeah, yeah. There's still lots of unknown fans. No fans. A limited number of fans. Uh, so on and so on. Travel restrictions. If something like that came in, and so.
2: When we talked before, I asked you if any players might leave the program, and and you said that could happen. Did any players decide to pursue other opportunities?
1: Uh, They were looking at opportunities in Europe, here in North America. Um, Nobody decided to go to another program, or at least they didn't mention it to me. Uh, We had some very good conversations with our players, a lot of individual conversations. Uh, All our guys that stayed on board and realized that we could have a good year of developing. Uh, But now with the news, uh, they're staying here. Maybe a, a couple of the fifth years with their situation, they might go play pro still. I still haven't had a final confirmation from them. Uh, it, it's a different season. With us starting in January right now, two of our guys will be eligible to play it in December. So they might mit- decide to make that decision to go play pro, or they might decide to have another run at a national championship. So those will, with bridges will have to cross as they come.
2: Okay, so so there's still players can still decide even in these yeah. last few weeks before school. Okay.
1: Yeah, but all our. our first second third fourth year our new recruits are all committed they're all excited about coming uh goalie gear showed up stan went down to united Cycle the other day and picked up goalie equipment and uh so moving forward
2: okay ian herbers head coach of the U of A golden bears hockey team joining us on inside sports so uh the alumni has stepped up and the bears and pandas hockey teams will be able to participate in Canada West this season. Again, still a deadline in October for Canada West to decide if they are going to have those uh, those sports, but that's the situation uh, for now. Ian, uh, we usually talk a little bit about other hockey uh, when we have you on. You spent three years as an assistant with the Oilers. Uh, I don't know how much playoff hockey you've had time to watch, but has anything uh, struck you either about the Oilers series or, or anything in the
1: opening round? I guess the biggest thing is just nice to be watching hockey again. It's a little <laughs> different in August and it being plus thirty, uh, but it's nice, nice to see uh, Oilers being down two one. There's enough character and firepower in that dressing room. They they could win the two games together, but like Tita was saying today, I believe uh, they need to have, make sure they have everybody on page and everybody pulling their weight and uh, and doing what they need to, to find a way to win. So there's always t- that possibility.
2: What do you tell your players about blocking shots? Like, does everybody have to do it on the Golden Bears? Yeah,
1: yeah. We, we try and uh, force the defensemen. Obviously, there's a couple of situations where we might want to dean not blocking shots and tying up uh, and, and boxing players out. So it depends really on the scenario. Uh, but we want to, the key is get to them quickly. Don't let them get those opportunities to, to look and find people for those deflections and tips. So we try and get them out there quickly and early and being in that lane.
2: Yeah, well, I think the Oilers will be work on that as well because a few from the the Hawks have floated in from the blue line or hit something on the way in, so that's been something that's hurt the Oilers.
1: Ian, well, thanks for- one thing about the game that's really changed is now defensemen, you know, back in the day, it was all big slap shots and winding up, but now teams do such a great job blocking shots that... D-man not working out on constantly. Our D-man working it constantly. Just getting pucks away, snap or wrist, or just get them through and get them on net, and anything can happen. Shin pad sticks, the other team sticks, and on and on. So,
2: so do, so when you when you look for a power play point man when you're recruiting, what do you what primarily do you look for then?
1: Uh, mobility and vision. Um, him being able to move laterally or across the blue line. Him having that uh, being able to read the play. Uh, have good offensive instinct, um, and then being able to just get quick little snappers and pucks through to the net and making the right decisions.
2: So you don't you don't really care if a guy can shoot at 105 miles an hour then?
1: Um, that's a bonus, and that's always a plus. <laughs> you can have that. that. That is fantastic. Hopefully if he doesn't, there's other people on that power play unit that can, so you can't have him setting those people up. Um, but he does have to have that shot threat and when it is time unleashing the cannon
2: yeah well you coach leon and I think he's got the best one timer on the orders now and because uh, he, he worked on it right i mean I don't think he had that in his first year or two in the league.
1: Well, he had it, just he'd gotten a lot better at it. And it's why right. the guys stand come out on the ice earlier and stay on the ice afterwards, go out for optional practices. Uh, key with him is just that quick little release and not a big wind-up. You see a lot of youth hockey players saying that one, one-timer. They've got to be scratching the ceilings and knocking their stick off the lights. It's usually just got to be a quick little motion and get it away before goalies are so good now, getting it away before they can get set and square.
2: Ian, always appreciate having you on the show. Uh, you know, looks very good that we're going to be talking about uh, games that count in the standings uh, when we get into the new year. So I'm happy to hear that for Bears and Pandas hockey. All the best, man. We'll see you around. Great, thank you, Reid. That is Ian Herbers. A lot of news about the U of A and the athletics program here during the pandemic. So uh, the alumni uh, stepping up here, helping out uh, the Golden Bears and Pandas hockey returns uh, as well with, uh, with some funding that was allotted to them. So that is some good news for U of A sports. 780-496-0063 is the number to call or text. Just looking at the tube here in the basement. Do we have a goal? believe we have a power play goal by the Leafs. I'm just watching the replay, and I will try to tell you who scored it. Point shot, loose in front. Uh, and I'm sorry, I can't see the number, but, but uh, Toronto gets it. Gets it. Uh, do you yeah, have it, Kellen?
1: I, I'm watching it here. It is to uh, oh, it's oh, Neilander. Yeah, it's Neilander. He okay. was
0: so small that Tavares was shadowing over top of him. I thought Tavares. Well, the, it, the no.
2: first replay they showed, they used that camera that is really high up above the rink, and uh, I, I could I could make out the number. I do it was like Nylander that camera.
1: They got some really cool angles and that stuff, and a lot of the production techniques they have been using, as we were, we were told last week. Uh, I hope that they keep a bunch of these when we get back to quote unquote normal times, I guess. It's awesome.
2: Don texting in, he says, Hey, Reed, I just spotted Def Leppard socks in Dollarama. As a fan of Def Leppard, I feel compelled to notify my people. Don, thank you. Which Dollarama? I'll have to go get some. Back after the break. year old Nick Robertson has just scored for the Toronto Maple Leafs his first goal as a professional he played for Peterborough in the Ontario Hockey League second round pick in 2019 it is 3-0 Toronto leading Columbus in the second period Corpusalo out, out Merzlikens, uh, Merzlikens in for Columbus uh, how about this for a birthday for Nick Robertson September 11th 2001 and he has scored for the Leafs tonight. Tyson Berry takes a penalty, so Columbus will go on a power play trying to get back in this game. It is, uh, is it a final now. It is now a final at Rogers Place. Golden Knights over the Blues, 6-4. So they go to 2-0 and in the round, Robin. The Blues are 0-2. I'm uh, just going to check the final shots in this game because they were crazy there for a while. Final shots, 38-17 for the Golden Knights. They get three in the third to win at 6-4. Colton Pareko scored twice in that game for uh, St. Louis. So St. Louis cannot get the top seed in uh, that round-robin portion of the tournament. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. the number to call or text. Sounds like uh, I'm in my basement, so I can't see what's going on. Uh, Dave says, just a heads up, crazy lightning and rain in Spruce Grove heading east towards Edmonton. Raining so hard I can barely hear my radio. All right. So uh, I, I, it sounds like something's coming, Edmonton, if they're getting it in Spruce Grove. and You're always welcome to text me weather updates. It is a sports show, but especially when there's uh, a thunderstorm or something severe, I will do my best to keep everybody updated. Uh, Kellen, you can tell me if you see anything hitting the station there, 780-496-0063 to call or text. And also call our newsroom directly if you need to, 780-466-NEWS. It's the right number, isn't it, Kellen? I hardly ever give out that number.
1: That's correct, yep. And if All you, right. If so you want Storm. To, yeah, if you want the numbers to go with the letters, it's 6397. So there you go. Storm coming through. Don't
2: forget, we have our 630 Ched Kids Jersey a Day giveaway sponsored by Mr. Mike's Casual Steakhouse. On the uh, next uh, few editions of, of Inside Sports, we're giving you the chance to win your kid an Oilers jersey from United Cycle. You go and put the code on the contest page on 630chet.com. Today's code, Connor McDavid. And our next edition of Inside Sports will be Monday. Tune in then for the next code word. We won't have Inside Sports tomorrow. We'll have the hockey game, 2 o'clock for the face-off show. Puck drop at 445. Monday is uh, an off day. They're going to have the draft lottery for that first overall pick with the eight teams who lose in the qualifying round all having a 1-8 chance to win it. And then we'll see after that if we have Oilers games every second night, or if we uh, keep rolling with inside sports. Dave Tippett, head coach of the Oilers, on that third period last night.
3: First part of it, we were, you know, it was a a period that was just uh, both teams were playing hard, not much happening. And you come down to it, the, the two goals, we made a, we turned it over on the wall, didn't get in a shooting lane. And it's an innocent looking shot that gets deflected and finds its way in second one we, uh, we don't take our sentiment to the net and uh, didn't get a chance to get in the lane on that one. the guy's shooting it from a real bad angle and it goes up bears hes sticking in so there's things that you could do different you'd like to do different but there's uh, you know there's some parts of the period that we were I felt we were fine we were managing the game well but ultimately you don't win you didn't manage it well enough.
2: All right, so, yeah, some details. The others just have to uh, clear up. they got to stay alive tomorrow. Colton here says, I can see a big rain cloud all the way up here in Lacklabish trying to get my hay baled before it gets up here. All right, yeah, good luck with that, everybody. Be safe. Uh, Rocket says he was just at the Terwilliger Dog Park, just made it home in time. Looks ugly out there. Stay safe. Let me know if it's uh, really bad in your area or any spots to look out for when it was raining a few weeks ago some people texted in about flooded intersections to avoid so that certainly helps if people are out driving around columbus has just scored but the leafs are still up three one
0: another day is here and you're ready
2: for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where bank of america can help for your financial to-dos bank of america has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals Texas says, Reed, I'm sure you have probably had to answer this question 50 times already, but I've never heard the answer. Do these scoring stats count towards the regular season? Playoff stats are not at all. Not been 50 times, maybe 17. They are playoff stats. This is the postseason, the regular season over. Kevin in Vancouver says, hey, Reed, thought I'd give you our weather, a rare summer shower. I do miss those daily thunder showers. LOL. Go oil. That is from Kevin in Vancouver. Kevin, I appreciate that you were tuning in in Vancouver. You are perhaps the furthest west inside sports listener that we have. Here's what's going on in the National Hockey League. 3-1 Maple Leafs over the Blue Jackets. Three and a half minutes left in the second period. That series is tied 1-1. Flames and Jets in about an hour at Rogers Place. The Flames can win it. They're up 2-1 in the best of five. The Canucks beat the Wild 3-0. So Vancouver goes up 2-1 in the series. They will play again tomorrow, the late game at Rogers Place. It's slated for 8-45. The Flyers beat the Capitals 3-1. That was a round-robin game, and the Golden Knights badly outshot the Blues and had to rally to win the game 6-4. The Blue Jays and Braves are tied 3-3 in the eighth, and Jason Day leads the – well, he's tied for the lead now. Sorry, Brendan Todd is still on the course. He has two holes remaining. He is also 5-under par. Jason Day finished the uh, round earlier, and uh, he's 5-under. whole bunch of guys at 4-under. Adam Hadwin, Canadian. He's tied for 21st, 2 off the lead or pardon me, three off the lead. And Tiger Woods also 200 par, three off the lead. Uh, Patrick Reed last year, one won the Masters, uh, what, two years ago. He's uh, minus two as well. So quick update from the world of golf. alright nine six zero zero six three. Thanks for the people texting in the uh, weather updates. It sounds like something is going to hit at least parts of Edmonton. Maybe it's already hitting. A couple of texts from the Spruce Grove area about a storm there. And uh, it was Colton up near Lac La who can see a cloud coming. So something's moving through here, the uh, Edmonton area and to the north. So thank you very much for uh, writing in on the text line, seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. The Oilers on the brink of elimination, as are the Pittsburgh Penguins, thanks to the Montreal Canadiens, who many people, me included, didn't give much of a chance in this series. To discuss from Global Montreal it is Brian Wilde. Brian, welcome back to the show. How are you
0: doing? Uh, surprisingly, very well.
2: But today is not, well, I guess it wouldn't have been a traditional garbage bag day. But w- w- we a lot of us expected this would have been the off season starting for the Montreal Canadiens the day after game three. But they're up <laughs> 2-1. How have they done it?
0: Um, well, I like to say that Claude Julien is very good at dull hockey. Uh, because what he's doing is he's making sure it's low event hockey. He shut down Malkin completely, and and Crosby's doing okay, but he's only a point per game. And then you decide with low event hockey when you're not going to exchange chances because if you tried that, their snipers would make your snipers look horrible. So then you rely on your goalie after keeping you know each side getting maybe five chances to score instead of twenty. Pretty dull. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, smart and dull, you know what I mean? Well, it's it's just smart coaching. Yeah, well, and I think that's what the
2: the Hawks want against the Oilers. They want to slow things down a little bit, right? Don't don't give McDavid and dry settle room to operate. Uh, Jeff Petrie, a former Oiler. I think a lot of fans here feel pretty good for him. I just saw a list of uh, defensemen who have sc- scored two winning goals in the same playoff series in the last 20 years. Uh, I think there's only seven or eight guys on the list. Uh, man, good for him.
0: You know, and it's... Uh... There was a lot of talk about trading him at the deadline because, I mean, the Canadians were 24th in the league, right? So, I mean, they unloaded, (laughs) they unloaded guys, they unloaded Scandella, they unloaded Thompson, uh, they unloaded Cousins. I mean, they, they, this wasn't supposed to happen. So they also were thinking of unloading Tatar and Petrie, because even though they had time left one more year, Uh, It looked like it was a major rebuild for the organization. So if you, you know, have a year left, you're going to get a lot more for the guy than if he's straight into free agency and you're basically only getting him for 12 games. So, um, you know, for a guy that wasn't even supposed to be here, uh, to get two game winners and that second was, you know, quite a snipe and you saw where he was standing too. I mean, what was he standing there in the first place? And that was another thing that Claude Julien did very well in this game. Uh, he was having trouble creating any offense because, I mean, they're not a very offensive team, right? I mean, Philip Deneau is their number one center. He's got one goal in 25 games. Their number one sniper is supposed to be Jonathan Duran. He's got one goal in 17 games. So, I mean, this is smoke and mirrors, right? <laughs> I mean, this is, this is smoke and mirrors. But one thing that he did do, uh, Reid, is he said, uh, we got to create some offense somehow. So you saw Shea Weber directly in front of the net early in the game for one goal. You saw Victor Mete standing in front of the net. You saw Jeff Petrie like basically in the corner when he scores the winning goal, but he's down low too. So they engaged the D hard, and uh, it made a difference.
2: How would you sum up the goaltending in this series? Obviously, going into it, a lot of us said, well, Price has to steal it. Uh, but, I mean, it's not as if he's got a 990 save percentage and, yeah. and two shutouts. So how do you compare Price versus Murray in this one?
0: Uh, well, I th- their numbers, I looked them up uh, thinking that you were going to ask this question. Their numbers are 937 versus 913. So, you know, it's a slight edge. It's not astronomical. And Murray hasn't been horrible. He has, he's not putting an 880 in here. And Kerry's not putting a 970 in here. So, you know, that's not a big number, you know, 20 points between them. Um, But uh, the quality of shot, for sure, has been harder for Kerry. And he's getting the job done. I mean, he's just smooth and they believe in him. And when they believe in him and he's this way... um, They can be better than people think they are. And another thing that Kerry is really benefiting from is usually when he hits the playoffs in April, he's already played 60 games and he's exhausted mentally and emotionally. And he has a little bit of a short temper if things don't go right. And he's also physically basically a wreck after 60 games. And they need to play him 60 because they're not gonna make it to the playoffs if they don't, right? So rocking a hard place to even get there and this time he's fresh as a daisy man you know he's he, he's not like six thousand bruises and he's emotionally really well rested and you could just see it in his demeanor and they're just hopping on his back to the promised land oh hold it they still got to win one more right yeah and then another <laughs> 16 after that but still yeah they, they... Oh, hold it hold it hold it let me back you away from that thought <laughs> for the canadians read <laughs> one series win is the promised land
2: well that's a good point yeah. it's not
0: like edmonton over there where this would be a massive disappointment
2: well you're right and you said it 24th brian wild from global montreal joining us all right we had a great chat um i gotta admit brian time has uh, kind of blended together during the pandemic here but it was before the postseason started and you said that a lot of montreal fans yeah. We're saying, let's just lose to Pittsburgh, whatever, have that 1-8 chance to get Lafreniere. Uh, we, but we both said, let's see what happens if the Canadians win game one, which they did. And now they've won game three. So tell me about
0: the attitude now. Um, you know how fans are right? Like when they're answering the poll that 90% would prefer if they'd lose and Lafreniere would be, you know, a 12% chance of being their player, even though it was 12%, they said 90%, we are in favor of losing. Don't go Habs, don't go. (laughs) So now that they're playing the games, I mean, there's an attitude of, you know, I'm just barbecuing and I really don't care about hockey. But as soon as the puck is dropped, it's been basically a full 180 like no one is talking about it in social media. Uh, I get a lot of replies on Twitter and I'm pretty active on Twitter. And um, I would say uh, one person has said, this is bad. And, uh, you know, a thousand have said, this is unbelievable. I'm so excited. So as soon as the game start, you know, if I pulled it again and I haven't, if I pulled it again, I think ninety ten lose has turned into ninety ten win. Pretty sure nobody wants to lose anymore, and now they're like, Ah, friend, you might not be any good anyway. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah, you know, once you actually start watching the games, exactly, you're reminded how fun it is to actually see. It exactly, especially exactly. when it wasn't expected, right? I, I mean, that's, yeah. that's the, I, I mean, uh, Stauffer says that all the time here about the Hawks. They're playing with house money. So are the Canadians. I mean,
0: they <laughs> that's were, exactly what it is. They
2: were three weeks away. I mean, yeah. I always use that sports club stat site. I mean, Montreal was, what, 0% chance to make the playoffs, and I think uh, the Hawks one percent.
0: 2%. Yeah, yeah. But you know what's happening here is, I mean, it's a 5-12, but the, the 12 in both instances, they know how to play playoff hockey. You know, I mean, obviously I don't need to tell anyone in Edmonton that You know jonathan taves and patrick kane and duncan keith they you know they got three cups and they figured this out and in montreal it's the same thing not necessarily in stanley cup success but you've got players that have been on the world stage that understand how to play playoff hockey so you got your goalie and that couldn't be more important he knows how to play in big games and has done a really good job at 937 so far you got shea weber who's playing 25 minutes a night And shockingly, he's joined by Ben Sherratt, who's plus four in the series so far, taking on Crosby or Malkin every single shift. And Malkin's not able to achieve anything against that pairing. Weber's scored a couple. He's got a couple assists. Or he scored one. He's got two more assists. He's logging 25 to 30 a night. And... That's a guy that's been in the spotlight playing for Canada. He knows how to get this done on the world stage. And I think the world stage, you know, when you play Olympics and, uh, is, and uh, the Canada Cup or World Cup or whatever they called it the last time. Um, I think when you've got guys like that that have been on that world stage, it's sort of like Stanley Cups. They're winners, you know. And Shea Weber's a winner and he's a great leader and he's passing that on. And Carey Price is a winner and a great leader and they're passing that on. And um, they've just been... Very focused uh, to the coach's game game plan, which is play dull hockey. Don't exchange chances. Make sure this is a low event game. And let's see, see how uh, close we can stay for as long as we can. And so far, it's 2-1 in their favor, which is, you know, nuts. All right. Nuts.
2: Yeah. Well, okay, so they're, to, they're the afternoon game tomorrow. I, I guess the Habs and uh, Oilers have been on the same rotation, right? They have all the same days, so they would play four and five back-to-back uh, if necessary. The Canadians are trying mm-hmm. to end it tomorrow. Oilers trying to <laughs> extend it. Brian, uh, always a pleasure to have you on the show. Appreciate your perspective from Montreal. Thanks a lot for checking in. Hope we can do this again soon.
0: Well, it'll mean that they've won. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> I'll talk to you either soon or next year
2: <laughs> sounds like a deal brian brian wild from global montreal good perspective on the canadians they've uh, they've tried to make it a little boring and to slow it down i think that's what the hawks have done to the oilers at times as well edmonton will try to figure it out tomorrow afternoon two o'clock face-off show here on six thirty. 30 chad the game scheduled to start at four forty-five. it's seven forty-six. we had to call a quick timeout a 5050 draw online. you can enter tomorrow starting at 9:30 in the morning, or no it's actually nine tomorrow, I believe, and go till 10:30 at night. and uh, the, the winner yesterday got 2.7 million dollars. The jackpot went up to 5.4 million dollars. You get half of that. They have increased the capacity so they can get about two and a half times capacity. So this could be over a 10 million dollar pot tomorrow. Uh, so that's going to be incredible. People like the fifty-fifty, <laughs> So they have, so they actually had to shut down ticket sales yesterday because they, they, they reached the capacity. So now they've increased the capacity to two and a half times. So 5.4 times two and a half, that's over 10 for the jackpot. So over five for the, uh, for the, uh, for what the winner would take home. It's pretty incredible. Uh, Jim, I got your text. That is an awful take. I'm not even going to read it on air. You should be embarrassed that you sent that to this show. 780-496-0063. Dave Tippett was asked today about uh, stressing improvement and all the things they have to work on and maybe just admitting that the team got some bad bounces last night. Here was his answer.
3: No, you got, you got to stay with getting better. There's things that we can do different on those goals, and there's things that you can do different in the game that when those situations arise, they don't hurt you as much. So sometimes stuff happens. You look at the five-on-three goal we gave up against. First of all, it's a poor, poor call. But that being said, you got to kill it off. We do a pretty good job of killing it off, and it's a puck that bounces around and hits Tave in the shin pad, and finds its way in. I mean, you can draw up all the defensive schemes you want, but stuff like that happens, not much you can do. But there's other things in the game that you, to make sure that those things don't affect the outcome, you can do better. And we took some penalties last night that there were some that I didn't think were very good calls, but there were some that they're, they're just poor plays on our part there's some situations where i think we didn't play as well as we could have in certain situations in the game where you whether it be defending or trying to create more where there's areas where we can we can be better so you try to essentially go after those areas the the mistakes were made on the goals those are easy to talk about and correct but it's the the other parts of the game where you you can be better you can do things that Give you a better chance to win longer term where those maybe bad breaks or a mistake here or there doesn't affect the outcome.
2: All right. So that is a little bit there from Dave Tippett, and we'll see how the Oilers respond tomorrow. Scott texting in, he says, Hey, Reed, if I win the 50 50, can I hire you to come be my farmhand? You can listen to Def Leppard and drink beers all day. <laughs> That that doesn't really sound like the responsibilities of a farmhand. I I think you'd be creating a job for me. (laughs) That's that's amazing, Scott. Well, I'd consider it, I suppose. I mean, we'd have to work out some details, but that sounds like a pretty sweet job. Could I still host the show, Scott? Could I I still come in and do Inside Sports or maybe host it from uh, your farm or wherever you you had me? Oh, sorry, that's Colton. I apologize. I got the wrong name on there. I'm going to edit that. Uh, yeah, sure. Colton, we could we could try to work out a deal or something, I guess. <laughs> Sounds like a pretty sweet gig. All right. One final look at the scoreboard here. Now, after two periods, Maple Leafs up 3-1 on the Blue Jackets. Nick Robertson, 18 years of age, his first NHL goal for the Leafs. Flames and Jets. We'll start at 8.30 at Rogers Place. Flames will try to win the series. That's game four. The Canucks shut out the Wild 3-0. Markstrom with the clean sheet there. So they're up 2-1 in the best of five. Flyers beat the Capitals 3-1 in a round-robin game. And the Golden Knights uh, outshot the Blues badly but had to come from behind to win 6-4. They're 2-0 in the round-robin. The Blues are 0-2. Blue Jays have lost 4-3 to the Atlanta Braves. And just want to see the golf here. Now it is Jason Day and Brendan Todd still tied at five under. Brendan Todd playing the eighteenth hole. So with a birdie, he would have the first round lead. Uh no Canadian junior football league season so that infects the Huskies and the Wildcats they will not play this year and the Western Hockey League announcing they're going to try and get going in early December thanks to Dave Campbell he's the producer of Inside Sports, Kellen Kennedy your studio operator this evening, Stauffer has Oilers now from noon to two tomorrow I will join you at two o'clock for the City Four Faceoff show and then the game, the must win for the Oilers, 445 puck drop as they take on the Chicago Blackhawks. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. Take care. 630
1: Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.